Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Okay, so I just looked out my window there and saw a first tiny sprinkling of snow. But I think tomorrow, Tuesday, is the day when we're going to have a proper bit. That's according to my weather app, which has been letting me down of late. So don't take that very seriously. Anyway, I hope you're all doing okay. If you happen to be on the homeschool train, I hope it's still on the tracks and hasn't been derailed. And I hope that whatever your circumstances are, you're cutting yourself a bit of slack because the fact that we're still here and still standing in my book is enough. Also, I just want to recommend pancakes as the panacea for many ills. I'm talking proper fluffy buttermilk New York style pancakes slathered in butter or maple syrup or lemon or sugar or whatever you're having yourself. And I know it's not Pancake Tuesday yet, but I just think, uh, you know, needs must. And in these times, if pancakes fix things, then just have them. When things were getting a bit hairy here in this house last week, I told everyone to down tools and we made pancakes. And it was a game changer. So do whatever works for you and please give yourselves a break. Right, that's the pep talk over. We've been wanting to cover the appalling story that's been unfolding in Poland regarding women's reproductive rights and abortion for a while now. Um, I'll just give you a bit of background for people who don't know. Women's rights advocates have been standing up against the right wing government there and against the near total ban on abortion, which obviously is a breach of human rights and a real sign that that country is regressing. The Constitutional Court ruling, which abruptly came into effect last month, tightened Poland's already restrictive laws to further ban abortions in cases of fetal abnormalities. It immediately spurred thousands of outraged Poles to take to the streets to express their defiance, despite limits on public gatherings because of the coronavirus pandemic. When the ruling was first announced in October, it set off a month of protests on a scale that has not been seen since the 1989 collapse of communism. It was unclear why the government, after delaying implementation of the ruling for months in the face of protests, moved so suddenly to bring it into legal force on January 27th. The move came as Poland is struggling through the economic repercussions of the pandemic, a partial lockdown and a sluggish vaccine rollout. The Constitutional Tribunal, which is the country's top court, issued the ruling and explained its decision 
by saying human life has value in every phase of its evolution and as a value, the source of which is in the constitutional laws, it should be protected by lawmakers. Even before the tribunal's decision, Poland's abortion laws were among the most restrictive in Europe, allowing for termination of pregnancies only in cases of rape or incest, a threat to women's life and fetal abnormalities. But in practice, most legal abortions, 1,074 out of 1,100 performed in 2019, resulted from fetal abnormalities. The right-wing Law and Justice Party tried to implement a total abortion ban in 2016 and 2018, but backed off after mass demonstrations. And this time, the government introduced the ban by using the tribunal, which it effectively took over in 2016 as part of a judiciary overhaul that has been criticised both in Poland and elsewhere. And just to say finally that the decision by the tribunal cannot be appealed. So it's a dreadful situation and we wanted to talk about it with some of the incredible activists who are fighting, including the Polish grannies, a group of grandmothers in Poland, many of whom lived through German occupation and later Soviet rule, who are challenging nationalists and the right wing government to protect freedoms and push for a more inclusive society in Poland. Iwona Kowalska, who is in Warsaw, thought her protesting days were over, but she explained to me why she's still fighting. I have a a seven months old granddaughter. When I look at her, before that, I didn't have a granddaughter, but when I look at her, I can do anything. You know, I'm not afraid. Brutality of police now is really very, very high. But I'm not afraid. And I think a, a lot of people are not afraid. Also with us was hospitality and tourism coordinator with the Unite Union and pro-choice activist Julia Marciniak, as well as Alva Smith, the activist who you'll all be very familiar with, to tell us about recent events in Poland. Yes, yeah, so as um, a lot of people might have seen already, there is a wave of massive protests all over Poland and all over the cities in Poland. And it started after the decision of our constitutional court on 22nd of October. So what is very important about that, then, you know, from 1993, we get one of the most restricted abortion laws in Europe or in the world. Basically, it was only like three reasons you can uh, perform a legal abortion. It was uh, when the life of the woman was in danger because of the pregnancy when the pregnancy was a result of rape or incest. And the third one was when the fetus was uh, significantly damaged or suffered on the disease, which is irreversible, or even when it's... Uh, so this part was changed. So now the women are forced to give the birth to uh, sick babies or to carry the pregnancy each have no chance of survival after birth. So that's just simply cruel. You see, like the problem with that decision, it's not only then it was made because, of course, the government made the decision. But the problem is then the justice system in Poland was significantly reformed by the leading party law and justice over the last five years. So they make a changes in our uh, constitutional court and introduced to the Constitutional Court their own judges. So now we in the situation when this legislation comes 
and it couldn't it tried to be introduced in 2016 it tried to be introduced in 2018 both of which dates met with uh, huge waves of protest all over the country and they have to stop they couldn't get a majority in the parliament so they first replace all the judges <laughs> and then put that decision to the constitutional court and that is why people are so furious because i think then when the whole justice reform uh, happened people do not realize some of the younger people do not realize what the consequences of this decision is or what's going to happen and the decision about abortion right it's the first one it's actually it's it's affect absolutely everyone basically now people are being told and forced to uh, do heroic things like raising a sick kid not everybody is prepared not everybody get the funds not everybody it's in the condition to look after person like this especially then in Poland it's a very little support for parents raising the sick child and they completely depend from the charity organization i have two friends who get a disabled kids and without charity organization they wouldn't be able to survive you know those people are not able to work the kids are needing a constant care so uh, coming back to to the decision make like completely illegal so that's not only a threat to the women's rights to the human right it's the threat to a democracy our justice system it's completely compromised at this stage because there is a lot of things which are similar to the fight uh, for the right to abortion for women right to choose they can you know one day we are free democratic country and the other day we cannot even decision about social basic things like planning our family and make a decision about our family life so would you say julia this has gone way beyond abortion now even it's 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 threatening every aspect of life in poland that they can just bring in these things and manipulate it is definitely a father right um, narration of the and you know we get a catholic church and as well a long tradition of catholic church and that is actually the first time in the polish history then the protests uh, happen in the church so people get so infuriated then the first they actually come inside the church and protest inside the church just shouting we have enough for me like from my generation i was born in 1984 so basically i grew up uh, in a free country from the time i remember we we were free democratic country and it was shocking then that is happening and it's happening so quickly so you know it's make you think then because you know for some people Poland oh it's another country but it's it's not Ireland or it's not us and you know i used to look that um, like that on other countries oh yeah they protesting or there is and you know and there is police brutality or the media is not free or they doing these decisions which are not democratic and suddenly it is happening in Poland you know so actually when the first protest start the first thing i did i i took a holiday <laughs> and i fly to Poland uh, and i i want to see and i want to support and you know i just wanted to be there and you know like if you feel like one side of you is like oh it's pandemic it's extremely dangerous you shouldn't be doing that but the other it's just so so build up of emotion then you cannot stop it and i can tell you honestly 90% of the i think around 90% of the slogans on the protests are against government because people just have enough as a whole first of all the protests are peaceful 
And it is very important that there is um, mostly young girls, students, some older people as well, like Ivona, like uh, Polish grannies. But, you know, I think then a lot of Uldari as well, they might be afraid of COVID and that's understandable. But you get uh, people from all generation. Some people will come with kids. It's not, you know, it's not uh, any anger or aggression or anything like that. But uh, there is a different narration in the Polish TV trying to show that these protests are extremely aggressive, they're dangerous, it is Antifa, it's all kind of crazy theories about who is doing it. And from what I have seen, it was just normal people with families, mostly very young, and um, of course the whole thing escalated with time and now there is a lot of uh, police brutality the women and students are going out every day on the streets to be sprayed by gas to be arrested you know and obviously they're using pandemic as well to try to say then the protests are illegal because of the global pandemic and you know there is a threat of um, making a you know, like uh, penalizing people with up to eight years of prison for organizing it. Julia, thank you very much for outlining everything that's gone on so far. Ivana, can I come to you? Polish grannies, such a brilliant name. Can you tell us all about it? Because you're a, you're a veteran protester, aren't you? Yes, you know, uh, we have established this uh, social movement about two years ago. But, uh, you know, we are on the street already five years fighting for the freedom and democracy in Poland for the first step of peace uh, governing now Poland, because we can, I mean, we know what is going to happen because uh, we are ladies in our 60s and we remember communism. I myself was uh, fighting with communism. I was uh, working underground, publishing books and so on. So, um I was quite sure that after that, you know, when we have a democratic country, I was sure that we will have a democracy for all, for, for good. So I was a businesswoman. And suddenly after this, you know, 30 years ago, I'm on the street and um, uh, and fighting for the freedom and democracy. And after this, you know, three years of going around and joining old strikes and whatever, we decided to make our own movement ladies 60s and why we are polish grannies because you know our children are already grown up and they have to decide for themselves we spoil them of course because you know when in communist time we we were so poor we didn't have food we had nothing really so for our children we wanted everything uh, cars uh, flats mobiles they have everything yes and uh, we were quite sure that we have to. We don't have to teach them that uh, you have to fight for democracy, and our children, um, not now of course, but um, these few years ago, they uh, thought that political is something very dirty, and we are trying to keep ourselves away from that. Uh, we are fighting for the future of our grandchildren because uh, they are small. They cannot take any part in this fight, uh, which, uh, you know, for democracy now, because they are too small. And this is, I feel, a shame to leave for them such a country, you know, because uh, this um, uh, abortion is only a very, very small piece of the big uh, policy which the government is going to impose, you know. 
They are going step by step, taking away from us democracy, freedom, um, free courts, everything, uh, breaking constitution. They want to change everything because they want to prepare this country for uh for for being a, a, a not a democratic country for sure and of course withdrawing um, our access in the union and everything uh so they are prepare, preparing us for that and is abortion is only one of uh, of the piece because uh, they want to show women that they uh, they are very strong and they are not afraid of any strikes or any movements and uh, it is not only abortion, because with education, we have such a ministry of education who is a homophobe, is horrible and uh, very Catholic. So uh, we will have church in uh, even in a history everywhere, because he wants to teach our children with the John Paul II books and in, in everything, you know. It's this oppressive regime that has basically is, is trying to take over and is trying to, yeah, as you say, end democracy in Poland. Do you think younger people, that message has got through? Because like you say, it's not just about abortion. It's going to impact every aspect of Polish life. Is that message getting through? And is the wise voices of people like you and your your colleagues and Polish grannies, is that actually making an impact? We as a Polish grannies are really on the street all the time. You know, we are arranging our own uh, demonstration. We are joining uh, um, we are all the time with young people because we wanted to force them to think that uh, that democracy, we have to fight for it. it. It's not like that, that if you have a mobile and internet, it doesn't mean that you have everything because that can be taken away from you as well. And that was our role. We, we just wanted to, um, to build a bridge with young people to say that all generation, because mostly old generation was voting for this government and we wanted to show them that uh, you know the, the the granny is not this conservative and catholic but the grannies like we are yes and we want to be with the young people all the time at the beginning they were looking at us you know just um, thinking that we are sort of strange people but now we have such a such a nice approach. Really, they like us so much. And uh, whenever we go on a strike, we have very nice flags, you know, with LGBT and uh, Polish grannies, and they are uh, recognizable. And uh, people are young people are just uh, are, they are so nice shouting and uh, um, really very 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 nice. But um, so far, we were alone on the street for the first three years. We had a big movement which was destroyed after a year. And then this uh, street opposition was really small and mostly old people like me uh, or even older. I'm not the older, <laughs> oldest. Um, and we were very much worrying that young people are not on the street. That, but you never know what what can what is happening that these people are just saying it's enough yes and uh, uh, we were waiting for this moment and we are so happy this these young people came out burst out really with a very bad words uh, saying that this is enough and it is not only abortion they have enough of everything 
And uh, you see, we have even such a banner that Polish grannies were quietly standing with the constitution in in their hands. And these uh, young people uh, looking at us, that politeness will not bring them to anything, you know, that they have to be rude, they have to say, they have to make, you know, such a big fuss that they would feel feel fear because uh, knowing that this is not uh, not a small game, that it's going to be a really big fight. And they are saying this is a war. These young people are walking and saying this is war. Ivana, before I bring in Alva, who I know is nodding furiously and as as another veteran herself would would be agreeing and understand you very well before I bring Alva in are you hopeful though because it does seem very dire it seems like they really are making this power move that they are trying to say you won't stop us you can't change anything what what hope do you have or how will things change for the better you see uh of course everybody is saying this in power in Poland as well you know my friends they are saying oh there is no use why should we go on the scene it will not change anything But you see, I'm doing this for myself because I want to look in the mirror and say, I did everything. I have a a seven months old granddaughter. When I look at her, before that, I didn't have a granddaughter, but when I look at her, I can do anything. You know, I'm not afraid. Brutality of police now is really very, very high. But I'm not afraid. And I think a, a lot of people are not afraid. We are on the street, you know, I'm going, I never, I, I never know whether I, what time I come home, what, what will happen to me, but I don't care, you know. And my children are always calling me, mother, are you already at home? Are you safe? Because you never know. This brutality is growing, really. So we don't know what to expect. But of course, we shouldn't be against the, the policeman because we should be, we are fighting with the system because this is the system who is bringing them on the street against us. And normally if they take about 6,000 policemen standing on the street, uh, this bloody system are taking about 200 uh, really bastards going inside just just to make such a fuss, just to beat them, you know, and to, uh, to impose all this hate against the police. And the system is hiding, you know, behind them. That was doing communism, because with the abortion, we had the same. Whenever they wanted to change something which was not popular, they were just bringing this subject, abortion. But at that time, we were quarreling between women and men. And now we are quarreling with the church, because at that time, church was at our side. And now this is, you know, this this whole abortion problem has nothing to do with people. This is only political. They are using this, you know, this is because... Church wants that, so and they are uh, fighting for their votes. So this is, you know, that they are paying them back for voting for them. I'm going to bring Alva in. Alva, you were nodding furiously, and a lot of what um, Ivana is saying has resonance for all of us. I think, particularly when she's talking about the church there. What is your um, impression about what Julia and Ivana have said in terms of the situation in Poland? Well, well, first of all, I would want to say that I, I, I think that the way in which women are fighting back in Poland and have been doing so, let us remember, since 
1993 or something is absolutely remarkable. And I think that there is tremendous hope in that because it is very clear that the forces of the Catholic Church and the far right politically combined have totally underestimated the absolute fury and anger and determination of women to have this freedom, this fundamental freedom for ourselves. And I mean, I think that, you know, Ivana is absolutely right that this is a political issue. I mean, this is a major institution of the Catholic Church and the combining with right-wing political forces, which sadly, globally, are on the move and on the increase. And they always target, they go for women first, and they go for control of our bodies, primarily through abortion, but also through even the availability of contraception. I know in Poland, there have been factions who've suggested that Poland should leave the Istanbul Convention on uh, Violence Against Women. They go for sex education. They always target the LGBTs. I know it so well. You know, they go for women and, if you like, sort of sexual minorities right across the board. Sex seems to be, they think, the Achilles heel. But I think, and I'm really with Yvonne and Julia uh, on this, they have got that wrong. They've actually got that wrong because people are getting out there on their feet in Poland and throughout the world. Look Look at Argentina. Uh, and they're saying, no, we're not having this. Look at what happened here in Ireland, where the church had to really take an absolute back seat in our appeal. It became not about them at all. It became about something very, very, very different, which was women asserting our right to our basic freedom of our own bodies. And I would, so I would always say it is a really, really tough, hard struggle. You can't imagine the amount of patience, resilience, energy, resources that you need for it. But you are bringing the people with you in Poland. And that's what's so absolutely magnificent, because this is a lesson to the whole of the far right globally, that you are actually teaching all of them. Um, And, you know, I would say, yes, there have been, there are some very, very bad problems at the moment. Latin America in relation to abortion is in in absolute chaos. Honduras has just um, put in an amendment to its constitution. Please note they put one into their constitution, but let's bear in mind that we got one out. What goes in can be taken out. But their amendment is a total ban. And I mean total ban against abortion. There is no exception. They do not even specify that abortion may be carried out to save a woman's life. And you look right across Latin America, whether it's uh, the Dominican Republic, um, El Salvador, uh, um, I'm thinking there's some, oh, Nicaragua is pretty bad. Right across um, Latin America, there is a major problem. Let's move up to North America and look at the US. Over the past year, even during COVID, there has been an increasing number of state bans on abortion, which generally allow abortion in the case of of, um, threat to risk to a woman's life. But, you know, it's moving pretty close to the edge. On the other hand, let me just give the good news, Argentina, please. I mean, that has been absolutely a magnificent win. And I see both Julia and, and Yvonne are smiling a little there because that gives all of us and it must give you such very great hope. But let me also say that Thailand, 
has recently um, uh, liberalised its abortion situation. And I think that's very, very important. I think in um, in Thailand, it is it will become legal. It will be the law will be put in place that women will be able to obtain abortion on request up to 12 weeks. And we know the right wing moves that are happening uh, in Thailand at the moment anyway, as student and other young protesters are protesting against this absolute monarchy. So you very often have two different things going on at the same time. And seeing the way young people around the world, led by the grannies, let me say, are actually taking on the power of the far right and saying, this is not the way we want our world to go. We believe in democracy. We believe uh, in human rights. Now, you know, there is that good news. But I think overall, we have to say that the state of the world in relation to women's right to access abortion, you know, when I when I look at the continent of Africa, where it's still the case that only one in four women has access to safe legal abortion. I mean, you, you would absolutely weep. I think there are only four or five countries on the continent where you can really safely and legally access abortion with any in any realistic way. So, you know, it's my grandmother always used to say she was from Belfast. She used to say a woman's work is never done, Alva, which didn't really cut the mustard with me at all. <laughs> when I was a young woman, I was like, a girl. I was thinking, oh, my God, this is dreadful future in front of me. But actually, you know, when I think about abortion all throughout my life, throughout Ivana's life, this has been a major, major, major issue. And it is true that in some countries we have gained a degree of freedom, but it's rarely complete. It is rarely really ensuring that all women who need abortion can get it. And there is always the risk that they can take it back. And it's not only about abortion. It's a very hard lesson to learn. So you have to keep on doing the work. We have to keep on promoting those and pushing and fighting for and protesting that our rights for freedom as women are absolutely crucial and no one, we will allow no one to take them away. But a woman's work is still never done. Alva, it's so lovely to hear you back on your um, pedestal. You're shouting, you're preaching pedestal. Because, but I've never been often. Yeah, I haven't talked to you for a while. That's what I mean. It's just, it's always so invigorating to hear you speak. Can I come to you, all of you about this? Because um, Alva just touched on it there. Sometimes we can see these things happening in other countries, whether it's Poland or whether it's other places um, where women's rights are, are being impeded. And it can feel very far away. But I think Alva has really spoken about why we all need to be aware of them and fight for them. So maybe can you all talk about what people can do, what people in Ireland should be aware of, and what they can do in terms of Poland or just being activists from afar even? What, what can, how can we help? So, Julia, have you any thoughts on that? Uh, like, you know, as always, the first step is to keep informed. And there is, you know, like, uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, publication about what is going on in Poland, and it was done by, uh, by basically newspapers all over the world. So there is a lot of things published in English, but there is a few few organizations you can follow, each publish as well a lot of content in English. So one, it's called Małpa Cielesne, which means it is like at C-I-A-L-E-S-N-E, 
maybe we can link that you know to our yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll put some of those links on our our blurb there is as well you know the places you can donate because um uh, at the moment when the abortion obviously it's not legal in Poland uh, women need help of the organization it's like uh, abortion with no borders and uh, and other places like that so actually it is interesting um I think that since the 22nd of October until now, those organizations help 120 women to get abortion outside of Poland and 4,000 women to get a pharmacological uh, um, uh, abortion at home. It is wow. absolutely because, you know, that just show you like, you know, they're trying to say then it's not needed, it's not happening. Like we get about 1,000 abortions for almost uh, like 38 million people in Poland. We get 1,000 thousand, uh, abortions per year, legal. Uh, and that's, you know, must be something around 120,000 illegal abortions or a woman looking for help uh, elsewhere because they cannot uh, get that help and medical attention in their own uh, home country. And, you know, it's just... Um, Mm, highlight those um, um, differences between rich and poor because rich always gonna just you know take the plane take a train they always gonna have everything it's like you you live in ireland now um julia so it must be have been very uh interesting watching the repeal as well and all of the same things if you, you know it's a class yeah, it's very similar yeah have the access to funds to be able to leave to go you know to travel to have an abortion but so many women don't so they're literally stuck in circumstances that are just terrible um so it really is about class i think that's a very important point to make ivana can i ask you about that like you're talking to predominantly irish listeners what would you say to them to to young people and older people and grannies and everyone about how they can help your cause yeah i i think the most important is that if you reach some point you have to fight for it all the time and not to and keep your eye on that all the time because it's not that you you gain something and this is done for good you know and for Poland now, I think it's very important to make a big fuss around, you know, to press the union because uh, it is not only abortion, but of course, constitution breaking all rules, all uh, freedom and everything. And they have another steps uh, prepared because for this abortion, we have the most hated uh, woman in the country, she, uh, Kaya Godek, who is a face of all these uh, changes in abortion law, uh, because uh, they want to forbid everything. Uh, abortion uh, should be forbidden for good, then divorces, then pharmacological, uh, um, pharmaco- they don't, don't, no education at all. This is the worst that uh, they are withdrawing education in Poland. So um, these uh, young people will know nothing, will be very much afraid, and uh, and the future is horrible for them. Well, listen, it's been really amazing talking to the three of you. Um, if you have you any final words, I think uh, Julia would like to have a final word. Yeah, it's so difficult to, um, uh, to just finish, you know, because there is so many things. But one of the things uh, as well, I, I've been in contact with uh, Alva for a while and for, uh, with the activists from um, uh, Abortion Rights Campaign in Ireland. And we do have a plans to organize in the future, obviously, when the pandemic uh, situation come down 
and get under control to get a conference of the leaders of um, uh, from Ireland and the leaders from Poland. And I think that support uh, will be really amazing and as much you know the Polish government actually is using Ireland as an example of a country which is failing which is turning away from church which have the the same-sex marriage now and abortion and it's um, you know like um, uh, they really feel like uh, something really bad happening here and and I think there's something really great happening here. And what mentioned, uh, just, I go back to Ivona when she said about the education, because it's always that argument, then abortion going to be used as a contraception. And of course, it's nonsense. But if you don't want that nonsense to be true, give people a sex education at school. Because, like, you know, what they want to do, they don't want uh, people to use a birth control. They don't want uh, people to have access to abortion. And in the same time, they don't want to give them a sex education. So what are they expecting to happen? And next, next contraception, of course, they will withdraw everything. Because now uh, this pill, um, one day after, as they call it, is forbidden in Poland. You have to go to the doctor and get a prescription which is of course if you have only 70 hours it is impossible to realize that you know I'll, I'll come to you finally final word <laughs> okay. on your soapbox the soapbox is the word i was trying to think of not pedestal it's very much about what we can do from where we are in ireland and i mean i think the first thing i do want to say is that julia's absolutely right we need to keep informed and we need to keep connected and find the ways of connecting and in the meantime we can continue to send our solidarity our love to the wonderful women in in poland who are continuing to protest but i think at the same time it is really important for us to call on our government to keep up the pressure in the european union on the parliament and on the commission to stop this absolute desecration of human rights that is happening in Poland and indeed elsewhere in Europe. And to say to start, for example, the Constitutional Tribunal in Poland is an illegal entity and there is absolutely no question or doubt about it. So there is a massive challenge to the European Union. Can it stand up for our democracies? Can it stand up for human rights? And that's for us as people here in this country as part of the union to do our share. And the last point I want to make is that you can never, ever afford to take your eyes off your own backyard. So here in Ireland, yes, we had a tremendous victory, but we always said that was only the first step, taking something out of the constitution. There is still a need to put right into our whole society, real access for all women. Yes, Roisin and Julia, it is always about class and it is about ethnicity and race as well. And it is about all of the women who can't get childcare to go to the doctor. And it's about the women who can't get any money to have to go to Britain after 12 weeks. So we have a review of our legislation coming up, presumably in January uh, 2022, And we have to be out there ready, not only with the submissions we make, but getting out on the streets with the placards to say, don't think we've gone away. We are bigger and stronger than ever before. And we're fighting for more because what we got first time round wasn't enough.
I think that's a brilliant way to end it. And I think the complacency thing is so important. We can't afford to be complacent. We see it everywhere. And like you mentioned, North America as well. So the rights that we get can always be rolled back. We need to keep fighting and keep expanding those rights. Thank you so much, uh, Julia, Ivana and Alva for talking to me. And um, we'll hopefully come back to you again and, and keep fighting. And thank you for fighting as well, everybody. And that's all we have time for. Thanks to Julia Marchignac, Ivana Kowalska and Alva Smith. We will keep you up to date with that story as it unfolds. And if you want to get in touch with us about that or anything else, email us thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com or find us on social at IT Women's Podcast. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, by Suzanne Brennan and Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves, enjoy the snow if it comes, have some pancakes and I'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.